You are now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast. Here are your hosts, Al Powder and Maddie D. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in Legends Lingo Podcast, episode two fifty nine. As always, presented by StudentUnionSports.com. Make sure to check out everything going on at StudentUnionSports.com, from the daily blogs to the podcast and everything else in between. March Madness right around the corner, so if you want to make some money off March Madness, we got some uh, we got some people here that might be able to help you. Uh, Get your pockets to be a little bigger, so to speak, and uh, we'll go from there. Alan Hegan here. Top Powder Cadmus here. Maddie Burnett here. Powder, I, I'm going to ask you first. We do have a guest on with us today. We're going to introduce him in one second. If you're watching, you'll, you see his face on the screen. And again, we'll introduce him in one second. But uh, Powder, the, the people have been hounding for this, so I have to ask it. What's the uh, the aftermath of the bachelor party? How are we feeling? Um, The worst part of me is my shoulder still messed up from go-karting and getting crashed into um definitely oh, you try to kill him like jesus christ he's not even married yet oh no oh no no that no. was already out of the races by then oh that's not surprising I mean, i've seen him drive before that's not surprising <laughs> yeah it was i almost so so long story short i went to powder's bachelor party we went on some go-karts uh went around and they're at foxwood so you go underneath and they have like the go-kart track um, down in the basement floor, basically at Foxwoods, and I was coming around a corner hot, and then all of a sudden, Powder's fiance's brother, who like was in a dead stop, I couldn't stop in time because my go kart was like all messed up, and I just t boned right into Powder's cousin. I'm not kidding you, Maddie. I was very dizzy, and I thought that I was going to literally throw up. Well, that's like, why we don't drink. That's why we don't drink and drive, Al. I get guess what? <laughs> no drinks. That's the sad part. That's the sad part. Oh. I keep uh, it was, to myself. It was bad. No, it was bad. I, I felt like I I had to get out of there. I was like, if I keep going, I'm gonna make this worse. And I'm glad I did. And then uh my way home from driving my real car, um, yeah, I lost air in one of my tires and had to stop four or five times to uh put air in the tire powder. I didn't tell you that part. That sucks. I that's that was that was bad. That was a whole ordeal. But yeah. anyways, we can talk more about pa- uh, Powder's Bachelor Party. We got stories that we can tell. Yeah. And later on, we can talk about the mechanical bull. We can talk about Powder's karaoke. We'll talk about all that at a different time. But right now, our guest has been very patient with us. If you're familiar with the Red Sox community on Twitter, and yes, I'm going to still call it Twitter. I don't care. It's keeping it at Twitter. If you know him, he has, he has his hand in a lot of different kind of projects. He's the social media manager for Sox Prospects, the free agency analyst for Baseball Isn't Boring, the co-creator of To The Show We Go, provost of Pod By The River, and he is also an enthusiast of the APBA online. It is none other than Ed Hand, a.k.a. at EdHand89 on X. Ed, it's a pleasure to have you here. First time part of the uh, part of the podcast. How you doing? Oh, it's good. Uh, good to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Um, when, when, when's the wedding? When's the wedding going to be? May 18th. Uh, nice. Congratulations. You have the, the venue figured out and all that stuff. We're have pretty much everything figured out. So, honeymoon? Uh, not yet, because I work in the baseball industry, in the youth baseball industry. So, the I'm lucky that I'm getting a spring wedding. So, Honeymoon's probably going to be in September, and we haven't nailed that down yet. I was just about to say, so, a.k.a., you're not getting a honeymoon till at least after August there, pal. Yeah. All right. No shot. Yeah, my um, I got married back in November, and my father-in-law's speech mentioned the fact that um, we were very careful to pick November so that there wasn't going to be any baseball yeah. going on. 
We love that. Congratulations, by the way. Yeah, thank you so much. Highly recommend Aruba if it comes up as a place that maybe you can do a honeymoon for. Uh, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. You get to spend your whole day deciding: Do I want to go to the beach or do I want to go to the pool? And that's <laughs> it's a nice problem to have. Yeah, that is a good problem to have. I'm not gonna lie to Ed. I thought you were gonna go down the road of I highly recommend getting married at least once, and I was gonna say, ah, okay, so Powder's doing that. I'd like to. I'm that's in my yeesh. I'm going to do that. Maddie's going to do that. So, yeah, we, we recommend getting married, too. It's, it's a good thing. It's each their own. If it's, it's fits for you, if it's what you want, you should do it. And if it isn't, you know, like, it's, it's your life. Your life to live. Exactly. And you can get married to something else. You can get married to baseball or basketball, whatever whatever sport you like. There's another marriage there. Yeah, that's what's good with sports. You can actually be a polygamist with that. You can be married to to multiple sports. Exactly. And, and no one's going to get mad at you. So it's, So it's all good. But anyways, we have Ed on. Again, you can check out all of his projects. Make sure to follow him on Twitter, aka X, at EdHand89. So Ed, I'm going to start off with a nice a nice softball, so to speak. I'm going to give you a nice front toss right down the middle for you. What is your overall take on the 2024 Boston Red Sox right now? And I know that free agency still isn't done. I know spring training hasn't even started. But what is your outlook right now on this 2024 Red Sox team as it stands currently? As it stands currently, um, I'm looking forward to another season of Tristan Cassis and Brian Bayo developing, and we don't have to talk about some of the other stuff there if you don't want to go into a negative tailspin. Uh, no, I'm I'm kidding. I, I don't know. I don't think that they're as bad as a lot of people are making them out to be. I, I don't think they're that good right now either. Um, you alluded to there's still some time left, but just based on the current product, I, I'd guess 75 to 78 wins, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of a lot of people are having them. I know DraftKings put out the line for wins and losses at 80 and a half, I think was the line this year. Last year it was right at that 78 and a half mark, a crushing defeat for people who had uh, over 78 and a half. No, I'm just a crushing bunch of, month of September. Like they, people forget. Oh, it's not right. I think it's until like the, weren't they like eight games above 500 going into the end of August? And then everything just went there. There was that series. I'm trying to remember, with the, I think it was against the Blue Jays or the Astros or somebody, it just absolutely demolished them at home. But I, I remember both, both of them, to be honest. Probably both of them. I mean, yeah. Oh, did they win a series in September? I don't think they did. It was it was one of the worst months of baseball I remember watching ever. It was it was pretty bad. It, it was just, it was awful. But that's kind of my opening question. I know, guys, you guys have some baseball questions for Ed, so feel free to uh, fire them away at well. Matt, you got anything you want to start? Uh, Powder, you can go first. You guys are so polite to each other. I love this. Uh, that's that's a very, it's an uncommon thing. Don't be used yeah, to it. See, Ed, Al and I hate each other, but like Powder and I, we actually like respect one another. So. It's, you're a similar, you're a similarly nice beard. I think that that's, there's, there's beard, there's beard respect here. <laughs> there is, and you have one too. So, I mean. But they have sense. glasses, so they're like a step ahead of, uh, ahead of me. Yeah, and me too. So I understand. No, that that's a valid point. But Maddie's a schmuck, and he just he knows he's a schmuck. So it's okay. It's all good. But Powder, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting into your question time. Go ahead. Oh, you're good. Um, obviously, you do a lot of sorts prospects. And I asked this to Rob Bradford, and I like seeing why everybody's opinions, but do you think the way the Red Sox are operating, what they're saying with how they're going to wait till all the prospects come up, is that just putting too much pressure to begin with on all these prospects that the Red Sox have in their farm system? Um, that's a good question, and I my, my answer to that is is always no because uh, that's really true with anything about pressure in baseball. 
Because no matter what, if you're going to be playing in the major leagues, you're going to be playing under a lot of pressure. I mean, in the city of Boston, if you are up in the big leagues, it's pressure. And that gets mm-hmm. multiplied if you're in the playoffs, if you're in a pennant run, if you're in the ALCS, if you're in the World Series. So I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for them to have pressure on them because at some point they're going to have to perform under that regardless. All right. Matthew? Oh, all right, I'll get into it just because his name's been popping up recently, and I know the Red Sox don't like to spend money, but it's it it's a name that's been linked. Uh, Jorge Soler, like, do, do we think we're seeing him in a Red Sox uniform this year? I know he's talking to the Giants right now too, but you th- you think he, at all he's gonna be in a Red Sox uniform come start of the season? I don't think so, and I know that he's a, he's a fun player to watch. It's a guy with a lot of power. But just from what I from what I can tell, my best guess would be no, just because I think that they I think that that's going to require a multi year deal. I don't think for that skill set they really want to invest that. I think we'd see something like they did with um, Adam Duvall last year, and that's a guy that might come back, or Justin Turner, or Hunter Renfro, or one of those guys to kind of fill that need. I I don't think that they necessarily want to invest in that right now. Okay. So yeah, I don't agree. I I agree. I don't think Solaire's going to end up here either. It's just I again, I don't know what they're doing. They want these two-year deals, but it's it's ridiculous. Uh Kenley Jansen, a guy that the Red Sox had obviously as their closer last year, was an all-star for the Red Sox in 2023. A lot of rumors are going around about trade talks with him. Do you see Kenley Jansen being on this Red Sox roster come opening day in March, late March, early April? No, I I think that he's probably the most likely guy on the like the most likely veteran anyway to get traded on uh on this team because i think that they if there's one strength the red sox have right now it's a very deep bullpen they've got a lot of decent relievers they've got a few guys that have the stuff to be closer i mean chris martin had the best season out of any reliever for the red maybe not even the red sox maybe the entire at least last year that's how dominant he was so that's a guy you can put there and then also, if you end up signing another starter, then you could move a Whitlock or a Hauk into that role. And those are two guys that could potentially really take off there. I don't think the bull. I, I think that sixteen million for what you're getting from Kenley probably it, it's a lot. And I think that you can actually get something back for him too. So I would not be surprised if they traded him and then used some of that sixteen million or however much they end up uh, giving up to. Side. Maybe that's how they get the right hands bad. Maybe you get a Michael Lorenz in that way or something. Now, the the spending thing, that's entirely self-imposed. I'm saying this like there's a salary cap or something. There isn't. It's, it appears to be something that they've decided on that they're not going over a certain amount. So that's one way to get around it is dealing your $16 million 38-year-old closer or however old Kenley is. Breaks my heart because Kenley Jansen was so good and it was actually nice to have an actual closer next. Oh yeah, he's fun. Maybe a future Hall of Famer. Absolutely. No doubt about it. All right, Powder. Go ahead. Uh, kind of stay, I'll stay with the prospects. Is there any prospects you see coming up that a lot of people are not talking about that you think is going to have a big impact? Maybe it's this year, maybe it's next year, but soon that no one's really talking about. I think that there's one guy for next year, and it's out of the bullpen, and this is sort of that closer thing, but there's a guy named Luis Guerrero who has a fastball close to 100 miles an hour and a splitter that has virtually no spin on it. He's very, very difficult to hit, and he's somebody that I could see coming up as early as this season. Um, besides him, I think Nick York's gotten, people have forgotten about him a little bit. He's going to be in AAA this year. He 
stayed healthy, which was a big thing in his stats. They don't necessarily jump off the page at you, but you have to keep in mind that he's a second baseman, which isn't really an offense first position. And his defense improved to the point that opposing managers named him the best defensive um, second baseman in the league. So that's, it seems to me like he might have been working on something other than hitting. So that's another guy that I could see maybe in an, if an injury comes down. Granted, they did bring in Vaughn Grissom as well, but he can play other positions. Maybe York gets some run in left field. We'll we'll see there. Those, those are two that, that jump to mind immediately. Then there's Richard Fitz, the, one of the main prospect in the Alex Verdugo trade. That's somebody that could come up and do do something. It, there's another guy. This is a little bit more of a sleeper. There are a couple guys in double A, a couple pitchers. Wickelman Gonzalez, who had a really impressive second half and has excellent strikeout stuff. He's he's very young, but they did add him to the 20 man roster, or not the sorry the 40 man roster. So he'll be on it. He's on a clock now for that. So it's in their best interest to get him up sooner rather than later. And then this is more of a deep cup. There's a guy named Hunter Dobbins who did a very good job last season. Ended up in double A hitting 97 on his fastball, added a splitter to his repertoire. He's another guy that could, um, if he takes another step forward, become really interesting really quickly. Matty? Oh, all right. I got a specific uh, prospect to ask you about. Um, Portland, uh, Portland, uh, Blaze Jordan. Do we think we see him get moved to AAA this year? Oh, I love Blaze. Blaze is... So as fun to hit, he's, he's a great kid. He's he's just like a just a wonderful person. And... He can hit. He can hit a lot of home runs. He's really worked hard on his conditioning this season. I believe um, we had him on to the show we go, and I believe he lost 25 pounds, and the goal for him is to be playing. He's listed as a first baseman right now. I believe um, MLB Pipeline had him as the number seven first baseman prospect in baseball, but he's going to be playing some third base also, and a lot of his conditioning was with that goal in mind. He wants to be a more complete player, somebody that steals bases, I think that he will get some time in AAA this season. I don't think that an MLB call-up is in the cards, but I would not be surprised at all if he's in Worcester by the end of the season. Okay. Uh, again, we're talking with Ted Hand, who has a bunch of different projects. To the show we go, podcast, baseball isn't boring, Sox prospects, and everything else you can imagine. Let's stick with, let's get away from the prospects for a second. Let's go back to the MLB team. So for the fans and and we consider ourselves like really diehard Red Sox fans. Right. But even at times, it can be tough to really get excited, especially for the way the team's performed the last couple of seasons, really for the last four out of five seasons, minus that 2021 match will run to the ALCS. But let me kind of stop my rambling and just ask this. How do you convince a casual fan or even a fan that's sort of giving up on this team to watch in 2024? What are kind of the selling points to keep eyes glued onto the Boston Red Sox at this point? The young talent, that's kind of what they have to do. I think the team knows that. That's how they advertise Winter Week, and they had that whole paddle with York and Meyer and Teal and Anthony. It's really just the future. Tristan Cassis is, I mean, that second half he had was was incredible. I haven't seen a first baseman like that in Boston in a very long time. It's, he's left, it, it's like Kevin Euclid, but left-handed. Now he's got to work on the defense a little bit, but sometimes with with young players, it takes a little bit there. It's a one thing at a time. You're already adjusting to a lot. So Cassis is one guy. Another guy is Brian Bayo, who ran out of gas at the end of the season, but looks like the best pitcher that the team's developed since John Lester, which is 
the Red Sox are, are not good at developing pitchers throughout the years. It's just what it is. Every now and then there's a Roger Clemens, but it, it, it's usually through a trade that you get somebody. So a real homegrown potential, if not ace, at least frontline starter like Bayo. That's pretty exciting. So the, the, the youth is is really what you have to sell it on. There are some other interest. I mean, Rafi Devers is off. I mean, he's still pretty young, but that's obviously someone that's fun to watch it. I think Masataki Yoshida had a had an underrated rookie year at this point, but that kind of got lost in the collapse and the fact that he really, he also got gassed in the last month. That's another guy, though, that is exciting. Sadon Rafaela, if he can just figure out how to make a little bit more contact, that's going to be a guy that's making wet gems every night. That's a guy that is going to be contending for um, a gold glove, potentially at multiple positions every year. He's... He, he's really special defensively, and he just needs to get that strikeout rate. And uh, not even the strikeout rate. He just needs to stop chasing so many pitches. <laughs> but, yeah, the youth. I'd say the youth is pretty is is pretty fun right now. You can see that. Yeah, a, lot of, a lot of good young talents, so no doubt about that. We're just uh, not used to that in Boston, you know? Like, where it's a know, we're not. contender after contender, veterans that are... We had David Ortiz for how many years? We had somebody that the fans were really into for a long time. And now it's De- Devers isn't that guy. He's a good player and he's worth his contract, but he's not, he's, he's not the guy that you, he, he doesn't like the spotlight enough for it. If that makes sense. No, it makes a hundred percent. Maybe Cassis is that guy, you know? Yeah. Devers is a silent leader. He just kind of goes about his day, does what he needs to do and then goes on. Yeah. Leads by example. There's nothing wrong with that. There, there There's definitely, right. there's always room for that, but you do need some, at least for excitement with casuals, you very much need that charismatic face of the franchise. Thousand percent. Yep. Going kind of off of baseball directly, one thing I enjoy every year is the annual Red Sox Twitter poll of the best personalities in Red Sox Twitter. What's that like running that and all the responses you get and everything that goes along with that poll? It's I, I, I'm still amazed that it's, as popular as it's been we did it for that was the second year last year and i'm it, it's very surprising to me i guess that it took off to the extent that it did because especially when i started it i i mean i was just some random guy doing social media with socks prospects i'm pretty late in the game with this i didn't really become involved with it i have no footprint prior to 2021 so I'm I'm pretty new at all of this. And just the response that I, I got has been pretty incredible. I did, Tom Karen got pissed off at me because I matched him up against Sox Prospects two years in a row. So now I have to change how we seed it. Um, they're, they're just people were getting a little, and it makes sense too. Yeah. There were some guys that were basically getting first round buys because they were up against some of the less popular reporters like Pete Abraham and Dan Shaughnessy. But the way that I was doing it was based on followers, and those guys have a lot of followers because they're actual reporters that have been around forever. Mm-hmm. So I've got to rework that a little bit for whatever the 2024 one is. But it, it's a lot of fun. I, it's, I, I think it's a good way to give some of the lesser-known personalities more exposure. Some people that might not be Luber Lodi or Will Middlebrooks, but they're mm-hmm. still very good, very informative. It's It's a lot of fun. Well, we're glad. We're glad that it's a lot of fun. Didn't Jerry Carabas win it two years in a row? Yeah, he's not doing it this year. We're actually changing the name of it now to the Jared Carabas Invitational Red Sox Personality <laughs> Twitter Personality Tournament. I only th- I think the only reason he did it this year was so that he could upset uh, Milliken. So Milliken uh, could take yeah. <laughs> a single retweet 
and oh, destroy him in one fell swoop. That was uh, okay. that was. Uh, I gotta say this: they're showmen. Those guys are tremendous showmen. <laughs> and are, uh, you, they take something like this that's just kind of for fun and turn it into WWE, and that's it's pretty. It, it's always fun watching artists that are very good at their trade do what they do. Well, Al, not... from the, Al is from Saga, so. Yeah, and I know. Did you, did you grow up with Jared? No, Jared's, uh, he's a couple years older. He, uh, I think Jared's, what, 34 now? I think he's the same age as me, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, and I'm 30, so he's he's three boring older. But we we know each other. <clears throat> if he, he said, oh, yeah, Al, yeah, I'd be like, and he'd be like, yeah, I know who he is. I know those guys are legends, so, yeah, he would know. And yeah. I went to school with Billiken, so I know Billiken pretty well. Yeah, they got uh, they got some stories there. But uh, Maddie, anyways, uh, uh, I got right. the final question, so I guess I'll ask the typical final question of any interview. What's uh, what's your favorite all time Red Sox uh, moment? Anyway, all time Red Sox moment. Oh, like good. Favorite Red Sox moment of all time. Um, that's you know, a really no, that's a really good question. I think probably. David Ortiz's game five walk off, not the game four walk off home run. I feel like that one gets cited a lot. The one the day after that, and that's because I went to sleep. I was still in high school, and I think it was a, I was either a freshman or or a sophomore. I forget which, but I had a bedtime back then, and I didn't get to see the walk off homer. And I found out the morning late one, but it was a Friday the next night, so I could stay up to watch the whole thing. And it was like a six-hour game because that's how Red Sox-Yankee games were back then. And it was just another one of these really miraculous comebacks. And you weren't expecting you, you weren't expecting Ortiz to do it the first night. You definitely weren't expecting him to do it again the second night. And after that, I remember feeling like even if they don't win the series, they put enough of a scare into the Yankees that this was respectable. And then obviously they go on and they win it the next night and the next night. And then 2004 World Champions... But that 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 game five was when I really started to believe in it, and it was it it was really special, especially after two thousand three when you know they were right there, and then got the got the got the rug pulled out right underneath them. Good old Aaron Boone, gotta love him. Gotta love the fact that he's still these savages. Yeah, guys, we're savages. We're savages. They're savages in the box. Yeah, savages are losing and can't get to a damn World Series. All right, Ed, do you have any questions for us, whether it's about the podcast, the Red Sox, any other Boston sports, whatever you want? Matt, are you familiar with uh, one of the new Red Sox relievers, Isaiah Campbell? I've heard the name. Because you look kind of like him. It's like the glasses and the mustache. Mm-hmm. I can't really see if you have like the full beard or not right now. I okay, do. so you do have, if you got rid of the beard and just had the mustache on the glasses, you would be a dead ringer for him. <laughs> that's, that, that's my question for you. Why is your nickname Powder? Ah! Oh, is that like is that like a cocaine thing or like uh, if one of my other friends who my best friend from high school is here he would say yes that's the story he tells everybody uh we meet but no it was uh wow 16 years ago basically at this point um come july i did a summer camp for a travel baseball program and had sunscreen caked all over my face and there was like 120 kids at the camp. So the coaches were giving nicknames to everybody. And one of the coaches said, I'm going to call you powder. And it's stuck And that coach is now my best man at my wedding. So it just stuck. I stayed with that travel baseball program. Now work under those guys. So 
just stuck and pretty much everybody just that's why everybody calls me so did you guys all play ball growing up were you like high school players yeah so i i was fortunate enough to play a little bit in college i know powder played powder you did club in college right i did club yeah and then maddie's well maddie's maddie oh little little league little league uh power hitter right here and then i don't <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I played till I was 19, as long as I could. Um, but it, it was kind of funny for me because I played tennis a lot. I was a lot better at tennis than baseball, but I like baseball better. So I was trying to do both, but the season was the same. So yeah. I played high school tennis, but then during the summers, I was playing in wood bat leagues and stuff like that. And it was, I, I miss it. It's really hard to find a dull, just baseball league. Softball is easy, but it's really hard to find like baseball, baseball. And that that is frustrating for me sometimes. Well, if you're ever if you ever move to the North Shore of Massachusetts, or if you are right now, we got a league for you that you could definitely jump in. That's baseball, baseball, and it's really good. Yeah, that's how Al and I met. How far of a drive is that from uh, the Boston area? Because I'm like 15 minutes away from Fenway right now, and dang, I can get closer. So, oh, jeez. Uh, if you're going North Shore, no traffic, you're probably looking at at least like a 15 to 20 minute drive. And if you want to go really up north, then it's like 35, 45. Dude, that's that bad. That's not bad at all. I could, I do that to play, like to, to actually get to play like real baseball. Yeah, I'd do that. Now, is this aluminum bat or wood bat? Uh, it's a, yeah, it's aluminum. Yep. Last league I played in, I was 19 and it was wood bat. And I got to tell you, it is a lot harder to hit with a wood bat than oh, aluminum yeah. bat. Oh. Any hit that you get, you feel like you've really accomplished something. <laughs> exactly. It's like you hit it with a wood bat. If you hit it, if you barrel it up, it's nothing. And if you don't get it barreled, you feel like your hands are going to break. It's the worst feeling in the world. That's why I prefer the aluminum bat all day long. <laughs> yeah. All day long. Which college were you playing at, Alan? Uh, so I played at Riviera University. Okay, I know Riviera. Yeah. Yep. And then I, uh, I transferred to Gordon College for a year. And then I didn't play my senior year. I got into the coaching gig my uh, senior year of college. So, gotcha. three years it was a good run. So, are you all coaches? Yeah, I coach. Powder coaches. Maddie coaches a fantasy football and fantasy baseball team. <laughs> I feel like Maddie has like some kind of like really, like just comically gigantic income coming in from somewhere. I don't know. I don't know what it is that you do. It's possibly black market related, and I feel like I feel like you don't have to worry about very much. Oh man, if you knew what I did for a living, you'd be like, oh my god, I'm spot on. <laughs> Does it have anything to do with the leaf on the shirt that you're wearing? No. <laughs> no, no, he's just a Maple Leafs fan for, you know, we know that he's in but for others. Do you want to know what Maddie does? Kind of. But I also kind of, I feel like it's not, like my fantasy is going to be better than the reality. It always is. Hold on, hold on, Maddie, 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 hold on, hold on. Ed, here's what I want you to do, because we know you got to leave in a minute. Before you leave, the three of us, Tell us what you think each one of us does, and then we're going to tell you exactly what we do right after. Okay. Go ahead. Take a... Okay, so which one should I start with? Like, do you do I just pick or... You can pick whatever you want. Thomas already told me he's like a he's like a, a youth coach, so I'm assuming that that's like a full-time job. I don't I don't know how that stuff works, so I'm just going to guess that. Um, Alan, I think that you seem like you're probably some kind of engineer. I don't know, like environmental engineer, maybe, something like that. And I'm going to guess for Matt, um, adult film star. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, that's great. All right. Do you want to know what we really are? Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear it. All right. So Powder is a youth um, travel baseball director. So he like does tournaments and stuff. That's cool. 
I'm a middle school math and social studies teacher. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Thank you. Appreciate that sounds, why would you pick middle school? Uh, because I'm crazy. <laughs> because you gotta be a little crazy to deal with middle schoolers. Yeah, no, I would, I, I hated being there and I wouldn't want to go back for any reason ever. <laughs> well, listen, middle school kids can be jerks at times, but they also can be a lot of fun, believe it or not, so... It's it's rewarding, but it's also challenging. That's what I tell everybody. All right, Maddie, tell tell Ed what to do. I am a public history performer at a place called Plymouth Patuxent Museum, formerly known as uh, Plymouth Plantation, where I dress up as a pilgrim all day. Well, that protect. sounds similar to being adult film. These are just a yeah, kind of adult film than what I meant. This is like adult, as in like the History Channel film. <laughs> well, I was close. What do you guys think I do? Um, I'm going to guess you're in the health services of some kind. Yep, because it says that on my shirt. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I work for um, one of the small colleges outside of Boston. Actually, I'm getting my uh, master's degree there, so it's sort of uh, one of those deals. Nice. And then hopefully I'd like to do what I do with Sox prospects for um, an actual baseball team. But, you know, a ways to go until then. <laughs> are you Are you allowed to say which college or are we keep Re Regis College? Okay. Yeah, I've heard of Regis. I know people that are yeah. in there. Yeah, small school, Catholic school. I think I'm the only Jew there. Uh. Okay. <laughs> we love that. And on that note, Ed, we appreciate your time. We know you got stuff going on. We actually appreciate you giving us a couple extra minutes. Hell yeah. No, it was uh, a lot of fun. Don't be strangers. Uh, I, I wish I could I could spend a little more time out here. Wish I knew a little bit more about other sports, but you guys, are, you guys do a good thing here. It's a lot of fun. We appreciate it. Shout out your uh, socials before you leave. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at EdHand89. Give a follow to Sox Prospects. If you don't already, that's probably the most well-known of the things that I do. Uh, best scouting site on the website. Not a lot of teams have a resource like this, so you might as well use it. Um, I'm also doing two other shows. I do one called Pond by the River with my friends Ryan Brady and the famous legendary Hogdale. If you guys haven't had Hogdale on, you need to get him. He's the absolute best. The Iowa awesome. Enigma, find out why. I love Hogdale. He's, oh, he's so great. Bad. And I'm also on another show that's a little more news-ish, a little more actual journalism called To the Show We Go. That's what I do with Andrew Parker. We have mostly minor leaguers. We've had Blaze Jordan, Ruben Anthony, um, but we've had a couple of big leaguers too, like John Schreiber, Zach Kelly. Um, it's been it, it's been a lot of fun. Some good names, some guys from other organizations. We had Lumberlodi on, also some of the some of the writers, some of the analysts. But uh, yeah, that's to add to the show we go. And of course, I also do um, some free agency analysis for Rob Bradford's baseball isn't boring. I'm on too many shows at this point. Do we really do we really need this many Red Sox podcasts? I don't. I don't know. I'm part of the problem. Hey, listen, someone someone has to give Jared Carabas and Terry Cushman a run for their money. Is that what it is? Are we just Cushman and Carabas and that's it? Because I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna say one other thing. While I'm go ahead, Jared. Jared is a, Jared is a genius. Terry is also a genius. Terry is the absolute. He has built his base up out of nothing, doing something totally different than everybody yep. else. And you can listen. I, 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 he's abrasive, and I get that. I'm blocked. I think on all of his accounts because I reasons I don't need to get into, but. He is very smart and very good at what he does, and I yes. I don't think the guy gets enough credit for that. Even even if again, it's part part of it is that you're supposed to dislike him. Everybody needs a heel. Yes. You can't just be be rah rah all the time. You need a heel. So and, and shout out, good at what you do, Terry. 
actually, real quick before you leave, fun fact: I was actually on that podcast for one season. Oh, you were uh, you were a bastard. I before the name, it was when it was Benny and the Bets. Benny and the Bets, yes, yes. I was. Yeah, have you ever been on Small States Big Takes? Because I think they oh, they had in on bat. I love those. Oh, uh, we no, those are good guys. Yeah, Steve Scott, Stephen Scott, like my. My dream would be to poach Stephen Scott from those guys. And it's never going to happen, but I would love oh, to do it. Gosh. Steve well, Scott, Josh, Ollie, and Gilly. They're, they're, they're fantastic. Their and shout out, small state big takes. Those you guys are you guys are the best. Yep. Shout out, SNSBT. Shout out to all the Red Sox podcasts. Shout out to Ed DeHan for joining us. Ed, thank you. We got to make this happen again during the season. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'd happy to come back anytime. Like follow, so you got a new fan. Let's go. Let's go. I'll give... If I, if I don't follow you already, I'll be doing that soon. So, uh, all right. See you guys later. A lot of fun. Have a good uh, month of February. Thanks, you <laughs> Thanks, too. Thanks, Ed. Take care, bud. All right. Shout out to Ed Hand for joining us again. You can check out all of his projects. So many projects to name. Again, baseball isn't boring. To the show we go. Obviously, Sox prospects. Some good Red Sox talk to get in there. He's a good dude. He's yeah. a good dude. I get, oh, that's got to be the new shtick from now on. Maddie, the adult movie star. Oh, yeah. That is correct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all the time, all the time with guests now, what we're just going to do is we're going to say, did you know Maddie has a specific career? We're going to tell them that one, and then you can tell them the actual joke. Did you, that's the way we're getting Milliken on there. We got to tell them that. Oh, Milliken's... Uh, oh, man, I said he could go into a story about something probably from me in my college days, but yeah. Oh goodness gracious! We gotta get Milliken on. We gotta get. We've had, we've had. Let's see, Pat Light, Blackbird, Robbins, Yassi. We've had pretty much everyone on except Milliken. We got Dallas Braden on, too. multiple times. Multiple times. Yeah, and Barabbas. So yeah, we gotta get uh, Milliken on. But again, shout out to Ed Hand. Thanks for joining us, bud. And shout out to all the other podcasts. Um, excuse me, Bastard to Box Baseball. SFT boys on here. We gotta do it. I know we do. It's been a long time since since we've even talked to those they guys. Still, they still talk to me on Twitter, so I could probably like ask them eventually. Oh, absolutely. Wait, look about it. Um, all right, but let's uh, let's move on. So we got some Red Sox talk out of the way. Let's get into let's get into the Celtics because I want to save the the Patriots for last. So the Celtics, there's a couple things that I kind of just want to touch on quickly. Um, on Sunday, the Celtics took on the Memphis Grizzlies, came away with a 40 point victory. The Grizzlies, I mean, let's be honest, the Grizzlies were playing with eight guys, three of them on 10-day on ten contract. But the real story was Marcus Smart making his return to the to CD Garden to a thunderous applause, video montage, all that. I don't know about you guys, but I was sitting on my couch watching this game on a Sunday night and just kind of chilling. And I even was was clapping, and I was like, wow. But I, don't get me wrong, I don't miss Marcus Smart playing for the Boston Celtics as far as the results are concerned. I miss just saying like, oh, Marcus Smart, that's our that's our hustle guy. That's our heart guy. That's the that's the heart and soul of, of this team. That's the part that I miss. But you know what? Again, I said it when the trade happened, and I'll say it again. I think the trade was necessary, necessary for both sides. Marcus Smart understands that, and I think he was still a little bit hurt about the fact that it was done so quickly and without really any warning. So again... That's where I'm like, okay, the trade sucks. But again, Marcus Smart got his his flowers, deservedly so, and, and I was happy for him. So I don't know if you guys want to weigh in on that real quick, but um, it was definitely a good ceremony. Yeah, um, I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan of Marcus Smart. There's been a million times where 
I've yelled at him, say, you know, oh, don't shoot that three, you're going to miss it, and then he ends up making it, but still, you know, stuff like that that annoyed me, but it's like, yeah, I watched it, I watched the ceremony, and I'm like, damn, like, he really isn't here. Like, this kind of sucks not having a leader like him, because he is a leader, he is. Um, maybe one day he'll make a return to Boston, uh, maybe do like a one-year, like, goodbye tour at the end of his career or something, but, you know, I think it's, at the end of the day, when he retires, he is going to be one of the all-time like fan favorites in Boston because everyone loved him even if he did stuff that he shouldn't have done on the court love he uh, everyone loved the kid he was a good he was a, he was a good player he was a great defensive player our defense hasn't been the same really this season without him but I mean uh, the defense is still pretty good they're still like it's top still five pretty good but it's not Marcus Smart it's not Marcus Smart level defense you don't have that hustle the intensity on the court that he brings it sucked that he was injured, but also didn't at the same time, so we didn't have to freaking deal with him because you knew if he was going to play in that game, you knew he was going to go off in that game. But I wouldn't be surprised if eventually towards the end of his career if he makes another round to Boston. Potentially. Potentially. He'd be cool for like a, for a championship run and create, to have a little bit of depth of the guard position. I wouldn't mind that. Get, a, get him a ring before he retires because he's one of those players for – Celtics where it is a shame he never got a ring. It is a shame. I will say that after. Uh, I think he was with here for 10 years. So um, it's a shame he never got a ring just with everything that he did for the Celtics. I know. It's sad. Connor? Um, I didn't watch the game. I didn't see a ceremony. But from everything I've heard, obviously, Marks Mark got what he was due for what he did for Boston, especially like you guys said, being that leader on the team and everything, I always kind of want to keep him on the team because it's hard to replace a leader like that. But seeing how the Celtics are playing this year, uh, it shows that maybe he was good, but he wasn't the guy that was going to get the Celtics over the top. And it's good seeing the way the Celtics are playing. Uh, well, I agree with you guys. Hopefully we see him in a Celtics uniform to end his career because he kind of bled uh, Boston. He was a Boston guy. Uh, you could tell he loved playing for the city and I wish him all the best uh, for the rest of his career and hopefully like you said we can somehow find a way to get him back in a Celtics uniform and maybe the Celtics have one more run in them at that point and they can get him a ring you need to get Marcus Smart a ring somehow he embodied everything that you, you wanted as a Celtic the, again the move had to be made but you still feel bad for Marcus Smart, the person, because yeah. Marcus Smart, the person, is one of the one of the best Boston athletes to come through in the 21st century, as far as just character, as far as just the type of type of person he is. Like again, shout out to Marcus Smart. He got his flowers, and rightfully so. So I'm I'm definitely happy about that for him. All right, for the Celtics. Real quick, just before we get to some Patriot stuff, there was a little bit of news that happened. The NBA trade deadline, if you're listening to this, it has probably come and gone by now. But as we're recording on Wednesday, February 7th, we just got word that the Boston Celtics have acquired forward dash center Xavier Tillman in a trade with the Memphis Grizzlies in return for two second-round picks. Those second-round picks include the 2027 Atlanta Hawks second-round pick and the 2030 Dallas Mavericks second-round pick, along with forward Lamar Stevens, as part of the deal. 
Tilden in his age 25 season is averaging six points and five rebounds a game. Struggling a little bit shooting as he's posting about a 41% field goal percentage, including about 23% from three-point land. He is good defensively, though, averaging one steal and one block in 20 minutes a game this year. Again, he's not going to be a starter. He's going to be some front-court depth that the Celtics desperately needed. But again, you know, it shows that Trader Brad is making moves. He's doing what he needs to do. He's bringing in the pieces that need to be made. I mean, tell me there wasn't a time so far in Brad Stevens' tenure that he hasn't made a move like this. Like he's made an impactful move. Will we see Xavier Tillman on next year's roster? Probably not. But at least for now, he can give you a little bit of, of depth in case a guy like Corbett gets hurt again, or obviously if Porzingis needs to take a night off, or Horford's on a back-to-back, he can at least come in and give you some minutes. And that's all I care about. He's young, he's athletic, and he's good defensively. And he can help you with rebounding which are already number one in the league in, which is shocking to me that they're number one in rebounding because it doesn't seem like it. But, again, that's just about the general trade. I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on the general trade or if you wanted to just talk about a couple other possibilities. I mean, the one thing I'll say is, um, like, I'm a couple of Grizzlies fans I follow online, they're actually, like, upset about this trade. They think um, the Celtics fleeced uh, the Grizzlies. So, I guess... From um from what Grizzlies fans are reacting, I guess this is a pretty damn good trade. So I'll take it. I'll take it too. All right, Powder, do you have anything you want to add? I got nothing. All right. So yeah, again, I mean, the trade itself is fine. It, it's not like it's going to be this this big big thing. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with Xavier Tillman. Good move right now. You're going for it now, which you should. I mean, the East is pretty open except for the Celtics. So, again, let's see what happens. And Lamar Stevens stinks for like half the season, but he was he was a bench guy. So, I mean, it is what it is. But, uh, but a couple of names that I just want to bring up. I don't know if any of these names interest you guys, but I just wanted to bring up a couple of names and you can tell me whether or not you'd want them and then whether or not you think that actually helped the Celtics. So, the first one that I think is a great fit a guy that's already played here but can give you scoring and rebounding as a as a four dash five is Kelly Olynyk, former friend of Kelly Olynyk. Do you guys be interested in having Kelly Olynyk back in Boston? Yeah. Okay, so Maddie's kind of meh powder. Yeah, I agree with Maddie. See, I think you guys don't realize how good Kelly Olynyk can be in a reserved role. Like he's not going to be in a bigger role like he was when the Celtics were rebuilding. That's where I think it gets lost a little bit. But, you know, if they only have to give up a second-round pick for Kelly Olenek, why not? Even get him here. Uh, another name to, to throw out there, Lonnie Walker from the Nets, six foot four, averaging about 12 points a game. I don't know. That's kind of intriguing, but I think they're kind of set at the guard position. I don't know if you guys would want Lonnie Walker instead. I mean, I think a forward or center is probably what the Celtics need a little bit more than a guard. I feel like their guards are pretty good. Patty? I mean, it just sounds like if Ollie Walker would just be another Pritchard-like player, so I don't think we need him. I don't think so either. Uh, Last one, uh, Andre Drummond, NBA veteran, has been around the block. You know what he can bring. He can bring rebounding. He can bring physicality. He can bring defense. Not really that good of a shooter, especially at the free throw line, but, you know, to each their own, he would be, again, a complimentary piece 
to Porzingis and Horford and Cornette, but I think Andre Drummond would be kind of fun in Boston to have around. See, I think that with them getting Tillman, I think that's them bowing out of getting um, Kenneth Drummond. Probably. You're probably right. Because Tillman's younger, cheaper. You know, if they actually... can shoot better than him. Even though he's not shooting that well to begin with. He doesn't shoot well either, but he's better than Drummond. Right, exactly. No, it makes it makes all the sense in the world. But put it this way, the Celtics are going to make another move. There are rumors that are saying they're not done at the trademark with the trade market, with the trade deadline. They're going to make another move, so I'm excited to see what that other move is. And honestly, don't be surprised if a guy like Delano Blanton or Svee, whatever his last name is, gets traded because, again, end of the bench, guys. And the the example I give is the Malcolm Brogdon trade. Look at what the Celtics gave up for Malcolm Brogdon. It was Tynes Naismith, who turned out to be actually a decent player, and a bunch of bench guys for Malcolm Brogdon, who won your sixth man of the year. So Brad Stevens has done moves like this in the past. He's not afraid to do it again. So that's why I'm saying be aware, Celtics fans, another move's coming. And again, by the time you listen to this podcast, that move has happened. We don't know what it is, but we're excited to see if and when that move is made. So shout out to the 38 and 12 Boston Celtics as they, on Wednesday night, they're going to be playing in the Atlanta Hawks. So hopefully another dub. So hopefully they're 39 and 12 by the time you're listening to this, maybe even 40 and 12 because they're playing the Wizards on Friday night at home too. Any other Celtics topics before we quickly hit on the Patriots stuff? All right, before we get the Patriots stuff, Potter, you want to give us a little bit of a word on uh, A&B Kitchen Bar, A&B Burgers? Oh, you know, I love to, like I say every week, Legends Lingo is graciously sponsored by A&B Kitchen and Bar and A&B Burgers. A&B Kitchen and Bar is located in Boston, Massachusetts, right across the street from the TD Garden, where A&B Burgers is in the North Shore in Beverly, Mass., whether you're feeling burgers, fish and chips, pizza now, um, Brussels sprouts, kind of whatever you're feeling, A&B Kitchen Bar and A&B Burgers will have it. With the Celtics rolling, the Bruins are rolling too. Um, you want to be in the atmosphere of those crazy fans in Boston. Make sure you head over to A&B Kitchen and Bar, grab a drink, grab some food before you head in the garden or if a game's going on and you want to be like I said with those crazy fans right outside the garden head right over there and you'll you'll be able to watch all the games and have great service and great atmosphere and make sure when you go there you tell them the Legends Lingo Boys sent you shout out to our friends at A&B Kitchen Bar A&B Burgers there'll be an event down the line yeah see what happens we'll see alright last big topic of the night Patriots so with the Patriots there's too many individual moves to kind of go over. So I'll just kind of give you kind of a snapshot as to what all these moves basically are. So the Patriots have brought in some executives. They've brought in, excuse me, they have brought in some offensive coaches. So let's let's just map it all out there. So along with Alex Van Pelt at the offensive coordinator position, the Patriots have hired a quarterback coach and that is former LSU quarterback T.C. McCartney, the son of the late Saladesi and the grandson of famous Colorado Buffalo's head coach Bill McCartney. If you ever saw the uh, 30 for 30 on Colorado football, you know exactly who I'm talking about. T.C. McCartney literally looks like Saladesi, who was a great quarterback at Colorado before he died of uh, stomach cancer at age 21. So... If you haven't seen that 30 for 30 yet, you need to watch. It's the Colorado football one. It's really good. But anyways, uh, T.C. McCartney is going to be the quarterback's coach 
for the New England Patriots. The Patriots also signed an executive today, former actually, believe it or not, former Miami standout, Alonzo Highsmith. He's going to be a part of the Patriots front office. Bobby Brown of the Texans is also going to be part of the front office. Scott Peters is going to be a new offensive line coach. And it was also announced today that Elliot Wolf's role is defined as he essentially is going to be the de facto GM as he is going to oversee personnel while Macro is overseeing the college scouting portion of it. So just er oh, and uh, one other thing, Ben McAdoo, former uh, Giants head coach and offensive coordinator is going to be the offensive assistant to Alex Van Pelt on the Patriots staff of the offensive side of the football. So overall thoughts, I think Patriots fans are getting a little bit over-exaggerated with being like, oh my God, Ben McAdoo is terrible. Oh my God. Yes, he was bad as a head coach. But he's not going to be a prime coach. He's going to be helping out one of the pieces. He's not the guy calling plays. He's not the guy that's going to be running the whole show. He's an assistant to Alex Van Pelt. That's what it's going to be. T.C. McCartney is a quarterback's coach that has worked with quarterbacks, and he's going to be working with quarterbacks. And notice what all of these hires, for the most part, are doing. They're relating in some way to the quarterback position. They're relating in some way to the draft that's coming up in April with the Patriots having the third overall pick. So before we jump down their throats and say these are terrible hires and everything, let's see what they actually do on the football field on minicamp, on OTAs, Come preseason, before the regular season starts. Because last year, you had a bunch of offensive coaches that didn't know what they were doing, and that led to one of the NFL's worst offenses in the league. So it really can't get any worse. So that's why I'm saying let these guys coach first, because it's new, it's refreshing. We haven't seen this before. We're used to kind of a system and kind of the same coaches in the same areas. So again, it's going to be scary to some people, but... You got to get used to it because it's a new era of Patriots football. That's something we have to acknowledge and respect and hopefully admire coming up. But that's my thoughts on just kind of the general coaches and executives that have come in. I think they're all really good moves. And I think that they're coming from high-end um, high end kind of character and organizations and what they do. So while Powder's doing something real quick, I'm going to hand it over to Maddie. Maddie, what do you think about the Patriots coaches right now? I like all the moves so far. Um, the only one that I was like oh, about was wackadoo McAdoo. Um, but I mean, that's the new look Patriots. It's a new era. Um, we're no longer going to be rinse, reuse, repeat, recycle uh, coaches anymore since, you know, Belichick's not here. Um, I'm, I'm not going to react until we see what this team looks like, like you said, Al. Uh, I, I I like that we are bringing in new guys and not just bringing back older guys who probably don't have as good as a touch in the league anymore as they would have 15, 20 years ago. Um, yeah, it's good. I, I like it. I'm confident in Van Pelt a lot just because what he did with Joe Flacco and Watson and B.J. Walker and Dorian Thompson-Robinson and... There's another Cleveland quarterback. I can't remember. He used like 10 quarterbacks last year, but... I mean, Flacco. I mean, Flacco doing... P.J. Walker, did they use? Yeah, they used Walker, Watson, DTR, Flacco, and then some other guy. I can't remember. 
No, there was only four. There, well, no, only five. four, but four. Yeah, but anyways. Still, regardless, like, look what he did with the Cleveland offense. And I thought he was wrongfully fired by the Browns, by the way. Uh, just because, again, look at the situation he was put in and still got them to the playoffs. Um, again, I'm not going to react until we see what this team looks like. If they come out looking flat in the first month or two of the year, it's like, all right, well, what happened? But I'm excited. I'm excited. Like, Al, I think I said this last week. We're excited about a freaking coaching change. Like, I know. <laughs> Different times. Oh, uh, man. Powder, what do you got? I agree with Maddie. I don't want to react too, too much. I'm excited to see what different coaching, a completely different coaching staff can do with the Patriots, but I want to see how they play. All that matters, you could have no-name coach you've never heard of coach this team, and they could be great, or you could have Bill Belichick and go whatever, 3-14 and 14 or whatever the Patriots just win. So it's I just want to see the productivity on the field. Oh, and by the way, just to tell you all a little bit about the Patriots awareness inside of the organization, this is from Mike Giardi. This was a quote on new Patriots offensive line coach Scott Peters. Now, I want you to listen to this quote, but then listen to the quote after because that's the more significant one. About Scott Peters, he worked under the great Bill Callahan for several seasons, and first source is, quote, extremely smart, and quote, will make that line better, period, end quote. Another source says, and this is the big one, Pats realized they didn't do Bill O'Brien right by not letting him hire his staff. This group, quote, wasn't going to let that happen again. So that proves already what we knew, right? We knew Belichick didn't allow O'Brien to bring in the guys that he wanted. I think he was, I think O'Brien was allowed to bring in one coach and it was like a tight ends coach or something like that. But this time they're like, you know what? If we're starting over, let the offensive coordinator bring in his coaches, bring in who he wants. Brand who's going to be reliable and let's get this ship back on back on course. That's called progress, folks. It's called progress. They're doing something right here. You just go with it. But anyways, I just I just wanted to bring that up because again, people are freaking out. It's ridiculous. Just let them just coaches coach let them make their pick at three which by the way last thing we're going to talk about then we're going to get out of here for the week um albert breer came out and said that there was the possibility that the patriots could quote take a long hard look at left tackle with third overall let's say hypothetically the patriots took joe all at three overall to secure that left side of the line if you bring in a veteran like jacoby Brissett, or you even make a splash trade like a Justin Fields or something like that. Is that okay in your guys' eye? Or is it a quarterback for Marvin Henderson Jr. or bust? I want to see a quarterback. I just think the Patriots need to go in a different direction with this offense. Uh, the only way that they salvage uh, justifying that they take Joel or uh, Olu from Penn State over, over a quarterback at three is if they make a splash. Otherwise... Uh, I will happily give a F to that uh, to to grade that uh, draft pick right there, not because uh, the bad players, but it's because of the situation that they're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you guys are on the 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 side of has to be quarterback at three. Have to submit or Marvin Harrison Jr. Quarterback. I don't. Even... 
you can have the greatest uh, wide receiver in the world, but if you have a shit quarterback, how are you going to make him? How are you going to get anything done? See, if I if they got Marvin Harrison Jr., I would be okay with it because I think the kid's going to be a stud in the NFL. I do, and then you can figure out the quarterback after. But if they got him, like I, that's the only exception. Actually, there's two. There's either that, or if they traded number three to Minnesota and somehow found a way to get Justin Jefferson. Those are the only two things that I would be like, okay, the quarterback cannot. The quarterback has to be the move, except for except for these two exceptions. Otherwise, quarterback, 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 and you need to take one. So that's pretty much going to do it for this week. Anything else, guys, before we uh, kind of wrap up? No. Nothing. All right. As always, make sure to rate and subscribe to the Legends Illegal Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, everywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, aka X at Lingo Legends. We actually just got some new followers. Thank you, Ed Hand. We appreciate it. Make sure to check out Ed Hand stuff again. Baseball is isn't boring. Sox prospects to the show and go with everything else that he does. If you missed the Rob Bradford episode from a couple weeks ago, make sure to go check that out. It's on all the podcast platforms. But if nothing else, that's Maddie Burnett and the Boston Red Sox cap. That's Powder, who still has a bad shoulder. Hmm. I'm your host, Al, that can't drive a go-kart to save his life. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week for episode 260. Yes, sir.